On this episode of the Culture Pop Podcast, there's a mentalist that pulled off a trick that had me going straight to the bank. You'll understand when you hear it. Reaction to Jimmy Kimmel being named host of the Academy Awards. And Carol Montgomery joins us. She is the creator, host, and executive producer of Funny Women of a Certain Age. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Culture Pop Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or at stevemason.com. And please take a minute, leave us a rating and a review. The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the law offices of Jacob Imrani. Accident or injury, call Jacob Imrani, call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Kalinsky. Sue, for the first time ever, you are wearing a hat, and I am not. I know. It's a, a role reversal. It a is head a role reversal. reversal. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, the weirdest experience today, I'll, I'll tell you this. So, we have this mentalist on the radio. His name is Oz Perlman. I don't know if you, you didn't happen to hear the show today, did you? I didn't. Oh, you, you really missed. So... Uh, he, I talked to him about noon and he said this, you, wait, you talked to him. Oh, about noon you at, said? at noon today. Oh, at, at noon, noon today. Okay. I talked to him at noon. Okay. All right. Uh, and he said, do me a favor, pick the year of birth of somebody in your family. So I picked my mom, 1946, by the way, I have no idea if that's right or not, but approximately 1946. <laughs> well, he's then a mentalist. He's, he's a mentalist. A mentalist. Would, wouldn't know. he know? Wouldn't he know? Then he said, put in your ATM pin number and add that. And I said, okay, I'll add that. And then he said, uh, take the last four digits of a childhood phone number and add that. So the total was like 9771, something like that. And he said, okay, now I can tell you your ATM pin number. I'm like, no, you cannot. And he said, yes, I can. It is, and I'm not going to repeat it. He gave me the actual ATM PIN number. On the air? On the air. Well, that's not good. It's not good. I, I have already worked with the bank to change the oh. ATM PIN number. But the oh. fact is, he was able to do it. He was able to tell me my ATM PIN number, which me and Juan know, but I mean, that's it. Have you ever... Wait, this is like this is like you know like with a magician. Um, have we ever met before? You know? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, have you ever you ever met this guy before? Never. Never. Was uh was your wallet out of your? Uh... No. Well, he would have known that. He would it know. It would, I don't <gasps> write my ATM pin on. The wow. Road. Yeah. How? So what? What's the deal? He's he says he's able to. I mean, he talked his way through it, odd numbers and even numbers, and you wouldn't do that, and you would do this, and then he just gave me the number. Now, I'll tell you another one. Ireland was asked to pick any athlete in the history of the world, any athlete in the history of the world, and go to his Wikipedia page, and John did. Um, and when John, when he was on the air with us, he said, what sports do you cover? And John said, well, we cover basketball, football baseball, soccer sometimes. And he said, okay, I want to stop you at baseball. And John's like, okay. Uh, and he says, 
I think this name popped into your head because there was just a no hitter in the World Series. I think your name is the guy who threw more no hitters than anybody, Nolan Ryan. Mm. And that's exactly who he, who John chose. So John, so not only did he get the athlete that John randomly chose from all of history, living or dead, he also got my ATM pin number. It all happened in 10 minutes on the radio. I was just like, it was a total mind fuck. He got the starter of the Astros name? The starter? Oh, no, no. He just said, because there was a no hitter, I oh. think it's Nolan Ryan. And it was Nolan oh. Ryan. Oh, oh, my God. So he got Nolan Ryan and my ATM pin number. It's creepy. It's weird. It's it's like the guy is like following you around. No, it's like, it's it's got to be. He says he reads people and we didn't even see him, right? We're not even on a Zoom call. We're just talking on the phone. I don't know how he can read me. I guess he's reading my voice and the math equation I did. I don't know. I, yeah, but I, it's, I, you know, that stuff is just so freaky. I don't oh. know how. I don't know what, you know. And I, I know, like, even when I see magicians and they cut people in half, I'm like, how do they do it? Yeah. You know, I know that there is, you know, there's books and, you know, there's there, it's tricks a trick. and there's like, yeah. you know, it's a trick. But I, I, never I have no the, idea how he I it. never see the strings. I, it's like, how does that happen? Wow. That's pretty freaky. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. It was crazy. Wow. So well, I had cool. to go to the bank. How did you change my ATM number? Thank you very much, Oz Perlman, for <laughs> revealing my PIN number on the radio. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah. No, it was it was amazing. I mean, he, he he's every good bit as good as advertised. You got something there? Well, you know, yeah, it was uh, it was announced that Jimmy Kimmel, uh, he was named the host of the 2023 Academy Awards. Yeah. And uh, I always liked Jimmy. You know, I think he's a funny guy. I think he's a great host. But people on Twitter were really pissed off. I know. I know. Did, oh, did you know about this? I, you- well, I, I saw he, he was announced and then I saw all the comments. Well, yeah, Twitter. there was like a there was a meme of uh, Lisa from The Simpsons crying. No. Why? Why? And then uh, there was a photo of him at, uh, at uh, this year's Emmys, you know, lying behind Quinta uh, yeah, Brunson. Quinta Brunson. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and then someone wrote, not after this bullshit. We don't want him. Well, and I then, did think, uh, by the way, I did think that was uncool. When oh, he, I totally, I yeah. totally did. I'm, I'm just, I'm just relaying what people were saying. And then someone else said, uh, um, if they're going to pick a talk show host, at least pick one that's funny. And then there was a photo of Conan. Uh, so, um, so wow, this is, uh, this has lived with him for, for, uh, for a while. Well, you know, here's the thing. It is a, you cannot win if you were the Oscar host. Now you're actually criticized before ever even hosting the Oscar. Like there will be a wave of criticism afterwards because nobody can be pleased on this thing, but now you're getting the, the hate and the venom even before uh, you you do any of the hosting? Yeah, I think it's a no win job. I think Jimmy Jimmy's a great guy. He's very funny. He'll do a great job. Um, they're not going to reinvent the wheel on this one. It's kind of back to that old model of you know stand up. Last year it was uh, Wanda Sykes and Amy Schumer and 
Mm, I should remember some actress, like comedic actress. And I don't remember her yeah, name. I can't remember her name, but it'll, it'll come to me. But uh, this year, Jimmy, I, Jimmy will do a great job, but you can't win doing that Oscar job. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. And I always hate to say, Oh, or, you know, cause I always sound like an old timer, but you know, you know, back in the day, you know, to host the Oscars was so prestigious. Um, now it's like jury duty. <laughs> it really is. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Our guest today is a longtime stand-up comedian, and she is the creator, host, and executive producer of Funny Women of a Certain Age. She and her friends have done three Showtime comedy specials, lots of live performances across the country, including at the New York Comedy Festival this week. Carol Montgomery is here. Carol, thank you so much for doing this. No, I'm, I'm just glad I'm here where it's quiet. Yes. Because um, I, I, I live behind a construction project. On West 57th Street. We, we never had sunlight. I've lived here forever. My husband grew up in this apartment. And so we're right by Carnegie Hall. So there used to be an old church on the north side. It's all gone. There's like, a, everyone calls it the pit now. And it is so noisy. I cannot even tell you. I'm surprised I'm not in jail yet from like, <laughs> you know, flinging things out the window. It is, we, from, now you know this as people who, you know, we've had day gigs, we've had night gigs. There's never in my life has there ever been anybody I know in my entire life that when they when work starts at a certain time they they start at that time. These guys, seven o'clock, they start jackhammering and they don't stop until five thirty. I'm like, what? It's it's horrible. Yeah. Well, Steve and I did a morning radio show on WNEW, which is on Fifty Seventh Street. I lived around the corner on Fifty Six between Eighth and Ninth. And for like three months living in this apartment, they were resurfacing the outside of my building. Oh, okay. You know. So at like nine, no, actually they would, I guess it was like 11 o'clock or something like that from like seven to nine or or 11 o'clock, they would be doing this. And and it actually, a lot of times went like later in the day Mm -hmm. and we were morning radio. So I, I, I missed the very early part of it. But then I'd come home, you know, we were on the air at five o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I was getting up at three something and I come home and I want to take a nap. And it was right outside jackhammer. Um, And I said to my landlord, I said, you know, most people who work in the building work, you know, nine to five, you know, I don't. (laughs) And this is really unfair. And I pay a lot of rent. And for three, four months, I'm not going to be able to kind of. I, I'm, I can't function. People would actually say to me, they'd be on the phone with me and they'd say, where are you? And I said, I'm in my apartment. <laughs> I've had to, I've had to take zoo meetings in my kitchen because it's so, so noisy. So I want to tell my upper West side story. Okay. So, so I lived right by ABC uh, on. Oh, I know right exactly on, where you live. Yeah. yeah. So I was in a building that had the name Trump on it. Hey. Now, we don't really do politics on the show, but I can tell you that now I think about it and I think, oh, God, I got suckered in by the Trump name. And I thought that's the most prestigious thing in the world. And that's why I chose to live there. And now I'm like, oh, God, I can't believe I live there. <laughs> well, just what you just said. And yes. 50 percent of Americans got suckered in by the Trump name. So you've just explained everything for the last 10 years. There Thank you go, you, Steve. 
Now, did they did they take his name off the building because they, they took did. his name I was off there, of so many buildings? The, the in New last York. time yeah. I was there, they had taken the name down. Yeah, yeah, they took the name down. Well, let's talk about funny women of a certain age. So, how did this how did this start for you? Where where did it begin? Oh, it was a well, you know, um, I I've been doing stand up for a very long time. Sue and I, you know, started together probably in the late, late early eighties, right? You started in the early eighties. I kind of um, started, yeah, yeah. I, I started a little bit before you, right? But, right. But, but the early eighties was really, you know, the the heyday of us, you know. Yes, and um, you know, so I was young, and you know, we were doing our thing. And when I was about to hit fifty, I saw the writing on the wall that um, uh, show business is not kind to women over fifty. Show business is not kind to women over thirty, but that's a whole other story. Um, and I just started, you know, I started doing other things. I direct, I uh, develop solo shows, I produce. And, but I knew, like, it just, I've always said this about being older, even when I was younger, is that the demographic for TV and film is always that, like that coveted 18 to 34, but they don't have any money. The people that yes. have the money are the, are the people in their forties, fifties and sixties, because my son's 30 now. And he's, I, I still give him money. I mean, he's a grown man. He has a great job, but he still, you know, he still uses my card for his groceries. Do you know what I mean? So, so I've always had this thought about it. And I was doing an actual podcast with a bunch of other female comics. It was live and we were having so much fun. I mean, we were laughing and I, I can't explain it. Not that, you know, and I, you know, I, I don't want people to think that I'm anti male comic because I'm not, but there's something about the camaraderie of female comics. And when I was coming home on the train, I called my husband and I said, you know, why isn't there a show with women who are older, who've been through it? And my husband, because as you know, in our business, you know, throw enough crap against the wall, something will stick. It was the only time my husband goes, I think this is a good idea. <laughs> and, and, and it basically snowballed from that. You know, we came up with the idea. Originally, it was women of a certain age. And the reason it's now called funny women of a certain age is that when, she, when, when we, um, when we went to, you know, set the premiere date, Showtime wanted the, the word funny in it. I don't know why. I don't know if they thought that just saying women of a certain age, people wouldn't know what it was. So, so, so that's the reason for that. And then, you know, I mean, in, in the story of show business stories, it's a, it, this is actually a really great story because it, it happened fast. I came up with the idea in the summer of, 2018 in September of 2018 we got a chance to work at this little uh uh comedy festival festival called Cinderblock Comedy Festival which was in Brooklyn. We did our first show there Judy Gold was on the show, Jenny Garofalo, a couple of other unknown older women. Um and then somebody from there worked at the Crane and said I think my boss would like this. He saw the show and then that turned into the residency there that we've been doing now for six years. But that's where we did at the crane is when uh, the following year we did a showcase for the industry and that's where it all started. So, so we, we started in September of 2018. In April of 2019, we knew we, we had the deal. It was when I turned 60 actually. It was a great birthday present. My, my partner went, we got, we, you know, we got the deal with Showtime for the first special. And then it just, you know, it just took off. So, it, but it's very funny because people go, wow, that was fast. I'm like, don't, I know how fast it was. Cause it was like literally six months and that never happens in our business. Never. Uh, 
So, um, is there, is there an age that's uh, like, what's the age of women of a certain age? Is it 50? Is it on the cusp of 50? What, 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 what's the age? Well, originally it was supposed to be women over 50. And mm-hmm. the, as you know, cause Sue has done the show, um, the list of women over 50, there's a huge list of great female comic. And so let's say, and I, I don't really know the numbers, but let's just say there's, uh, 200 women over 50. And then I thought, well, really, 40 is, should be the cutoff date because that's when you're considered dead in, in Hollywood. So when I, when I cut it off, when I bring women in that just turned 40 or over, it, it triples the amount of women I have to use. Right. So for the actual TV show, we've done women over 50, but I've always, I've always envisioned it as I would love to do it as like women of a certain age, 70s. Women of a certain age, 60s, 40s, 50s, 20s, because I think it's just, it's the name of it, but it's, it's more the brand. And I hate calling it a brand, but it is a brand. So, um, but yeah, that's, but you know, I, I would like to open it up to everybody in different formats. Yeah. Actually, it's good. It's good to be a brand too. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what do you have against what, being why, a brand? Why, why do you, why do you say, what, why, I what's just, your problem I just with feel that? Like, no, I don't, I don't really have a problem with it, but I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm very cliche when I go, well, you know, I have my brand and I'm just like, oh my God. I yeah, just, I know. I know. I know. You kind of sound like a douchebag, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, I have a brand too, and I, I do feel like a douchebag. Okay. So, you know, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. I have a brand. All brand is basically my brand. <laughs> um, but what I, what I wanted to, uh, what I wanted to say to you is that, you know, you know, all right, you know, we came up through the ranks. We came up at a time when, you couldn't even have two women on a show. Right. Like, like it would be like, no, we have our woman on a three person show. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, Bud Friedman, I have to really applaud him because, uh, when I was still doing stand up quite a bit, um, probably over 10 years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, he had the, uh, a room at Harris in Vegas and he used to book myself. Kathy Ladman and Carol Liefer, um, twice a year. That's and a great show. It, it was great. And, you know, you were saying, you know, like we're all pals. The guys, mm-hmm. the guys are pals. They get right. to go on the road and have fun together. We were all headliners. So we never ever worked together. And it was the greatest time in the world. And the show was great and people appreciated it. And nobody was like, Oh God, three women on a show. Ugh, you know, um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I've been to your television, you know, I went to the showtime, one of the showtime specials and it was magical. I Thank mean, you. you know, and, and a mixture of men and women and guys are just going crazy because the beauty of the show is that not everybody is talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, y- y- people talk about their age a bit, but, um, they're just talking about life, you know? Right. Um, you know, and, and, and that's, and that's what I've always loved. And I've loved it about you is that I always prided myself that I didn't just talk about being a woman on in my set. I just talked about life. You know, mm-hmm. I just, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'm a woman who does comedy, but that does not define me because I'm a woman. Right. But that we've always, we've always had to deal with that label. You know, it, 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 it's infuriating. And one of the things I've said, I say in the live show is honestly, the, and it's so funny that you said that thing about 
the improvers. I just wanted to work with my friends, goddammit. I mean, I never get, you never get to work with other women. Even now, even now, I, I, we've had three specials, fine, you know. It is so unusual to go, like if you look at any comedy club in, this, in the country right now, where's the women? Where there, are, I mean, it's it's weeks and weeks and weeks of men, and maybe it, it, it's 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 mind-boggling me. You know, it is. I, I the only time I work with other women is if I'm doing funny women, or if I, you know, I, I have a young girl that I work with who's a really great young comic, and she has a car, so she drives me, and so you know, that's the only time. But it's and it's what you said. It's I I never knew I was a woman until I became a comedian. <laughs> yeah, Do you know right. what I mean? Like, like, right. like. I just, I never understood. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just doing the same thing the guys are doing. Why am I? Why am I being labeled? Right, right, right. And and there was always that. Like, um, just, I just one thing I wanted to say. You're yeah. talking about labeled. I remember, you know, being introduced, like, and it was like a big deal. Like we were from like another planet. It was like, and now we have a woman, uh, coming up to the stage. Yeah, and it's, lady. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> what is that about? Like they never would say, well, we got a, a man coming up to the right. stage. It's like, yeah. you have a comic coming up to the stage. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's funny. One of the things that that's fascinating with me, with uh, the success of the show is I can't tell you how many male comics have come up to me and gone. How come you're not doing funny men of a certain age? I said, because Jim Gaffigan doesn't need my help. <laughs> you know, when Louis C.K. Yeah. calls me, he wants to do a show. We'll do it. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, they, they, people really don't get the whole, um, how hard it is in that sense. Of, and it's like, like I said, of being labeled. I've always, I've been interviewed as I'm sure you have about what's it like being a woman. And, you know, <laughs> did you ever get like, you hear all these horrible stories. Like I brought up Louis CK, but you know what I mean? Like you free. I said, no one ever bothered me like that. May I don't know why, maybe because they considered me one of the guys, even though I was a woman, mm -hmm. but, but I, but this whole thing about being a woman in comedy, I'm like, yeah, I had to go through the, same crappy condos that the guys had to go through. I went, right. to a I went to a comedy condo one time and I went into the headliner's room and I go to the bathroom and there was a giant turd in the bathroom. I'm like, ah, showbiz. <laughs> <laughs> I've arrived. I've arrived. <laughs> so how do you choose? Now, you mentioned there are a lot of uh, female comics who are mm -hmm. of a certain age. Uh, how do you choose which ones are going to be on the show, on the bill, all that kind of stuff? Well, it really depends, like for, for the show, so this is, um, thank you, this, that's a really good question because maybe you, I know a lot of people are like, how come I didn't get on the show or this didn't, so when you're working in television, as, as Sue knows this too, you know, you're at the, you're at the mercy of the network, do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. with that first show that we did, so the first show was Brand Drescher, uh, Lynn Coplitz, uh, Vanessa Hollingshead, me, Carrie Louise, I'm missing somebody. Oh, and Lunell. And um, they wanted they wanted a big name. They wanted a semi-big name, which would be Lunell at the time, because she was just coming up at that point. And and I the people, the women, the women that like uh like Vanessa and Carrie and me, I, those those were my choices. And Lynn also. But every time we did one of these, they wanted more time. You know, like if you look closely. There's always one real good friend on the show <laughs> because, and it's, and it, and it's very, it's very upsetting to me because there's so many women 
that have done the live show that I wanted to put on the special, but it's not up to me. Like somebody, I, I and this was somebody who I wasn't even friends with said something to, you know, cause you, you know, it comment, it comment, it's like telephone. You hear everything said to another woman. Well, we're really good friends. I can't understand why I wasn't on it. First of all, we weren't really good friends. That's hmm. number one. And it's like, so, so in other words, what you, in this person's case, you want me to walk to the network and go, okay, we've chosen these people that you want, but I'm going to stand ground and go, no, if you don't put on my, I guess, good friend, mm-hmm. we're not going to do the show. Well, guess what? What do you think's going to happen? We're not going to do the show. Right. You know what I mean? You're at the mercy of the networks. And so every time it was literally one of these things, it was, it was pulling and push and, and and it was, it was, it's exhausting. And there's still women that I want on the show. So where I'm hoping that we get the fourth and the fifth special, because first of all, this should be a series. We could do two or three seasons at least and never have a repeat customer. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's that good of a show. And by the way, if I can be cocky for just a moment, if I honestly believe that, you know, my show premiered in 2019, there'd be no hacks if there wasn't my show. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. that show, that first special was the, the Showtime's highest rated special of 2019. So that thing took off. So it's, you know, I want people to know that I'm, I want, I've done this. Because I want to give everybody work, but you gotta trust me that I'm not leaving you out. I I just have to. I, it's like playing. Uh, it's like playing chess with with a network. Right. Right. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And you know, there's always a, a diversity factor too. I yeah, know that yeah. that plays into it. You know, I remember years ago there was a there was a showcase at the comedy store, and uh, I was probably in my 30s, maybe in my early 30s, and. Um, I probably had the most incredible audition I ever had as a stand-up and I did not get chosen. It was, I guess they picked like five comics. Right. And uh, I, I, I was really just burned. I, I just was like, what do I have to do? I mean, what do I have to do for you to put me in one of these specials? And I remember, um, I remember calling up Carolyn Strauss, who was, one of the, you know, executives at HBO and she was a friend of mine and I called her up and I was very ballsy. And, and I said, how am I not on the show? I mean, mm-hmm. you saw the reaction to my set that night. And she said, you know, you were wonderful. We, we, we really love you here. Um, but you know, uh, we, we couldn't take every, you know, whatever her excuse was. And I actually said to her, well, I wish that you would love me a little bit less. And put me on a show. Um, right. But it was, but, but it's, you know, it, it, it was heartbreaking to me because, right. you know, you do compare yourself now, as, as much as you don't want to compare yourself to other people. Um, I'm sure actors who, who get overlooked and then see who got the part and it's like, all right, you know, they, yeah, they went in a different direction, but I don't know. I think I probably would have done a better job, you know? Right, right, right. But, but what's so funny about that? So, and, and uh, you mentioned Kathy Ladman. So, Kathy and I did the funniest mom in America. Do you remember that? that yes. Nick and I. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, uh, we, we were, we were so funny. It's like the first year, it was really like, there was a lot more money in the budget. 
because by the time they'd gotten to the third season, there was like no money, literally. Like we were like a holiday in by LAX. It was, <laughs> they were taking, literally taking photos of us in the hallway of the hotel. It was just, but Kathy had won the California. So I flew out. So the thing about the funniest mom in America, for the people who are not, don't know this is, is that it was, they had a couple of professionals. That was me and Kathy. And then the rest were just moms. They were doing stand-up, but they weren't making a living at it, right? So we get down to, now it's the top 10. So we're both, we're, you know, we all come out, we do this stuff and everything. And the thing about these shows, which is so stupid, you know, reality shows, they're like, okay, now we're going to find out who they are. And then they put the camera on your face. You know what I mean? Like to make sure. And the first, I think the first or the second name that they called was Kathy's. So I already knew they're not putting two pros in the next round. They're not. So, so you know what I mean? And it was like, oh, okay. And then the next person they called was a redhead. So I was like, oh, I'm out. I mean, I knew it, but it, it's, it, and you have to, and now you've got this camera, you're supposed to be like this. Yeah, that's, yeah. And I was, I was, of course, I'm always happy when, when anyone succeeds, that's probably, you know, a, a detriment in my career, but, but it, I know how you feel because it's just like, oh, okay. Well, and I had a great set, but you know, I, the longer I'm in this business, the longer I know what the business is about. And right. the business, like you said, whatever the reason was, I, you know, I wasn't going on because there was a professional and there was a redhead. End of story. So, you know, I wanted to ask you, who are you? Who are you now? as a woman of a certain age, as opposed to who you were when you first started doing Yeah, because, you know, you started in the in the 80s, and how have yeah. you evolved as as a comic? Can I, can I, can I say the, uh, can I curse? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, I, I don't give a shit anymore. Okay, that's really, when I started, you talk about what you were just saying, I, I love, and I also have a similar story about HBO too, but I'll, we'll go to that later. Um, you're so heartbroken when you're young because you do take it personally. You take everything personally. Like we all have those stories where we were this close and it, and why didn't it happen? And, 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 and you, and you're just like, <gasps> now, like I get so, uh, I'm re, I'm booking the show myself now, the national tour. We were with a production company. We parted ways uh, after the contract was up. So I'm doing everything myself again. And there are just some people that go, uh, we're not interested. And you just go, all right, put that away, go to the next one. I wish I knew that in my 20s. I wish I knew that when I walked in, they weren't going, we hate Carol Montgomery. They're like, no, this person's going to be better. I have a, a, a great story about auditioning. I went out, the, the, the role was for a Brooklyn cop, and it was for, was it Golden Girls? I forget, but Jim Vallely was in the room. He was in the audition room, okay? And it was great because it was like, hey, how you doing? And um, did the audition. There was a couple of lines. I was like... I, and I didn't get the part. And then, you know, I saw the, the actual episode and they had hired a black woman because there's also, you know, what I mean? like, so what am I going to do? Like they, she played the Brooklyn cop better than I did. Right. So that, right. so I've learned all of that in, and at 64, it's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm very secure with who I am as a comedian. I know how funny I am. I, I, I am, I, I, I'm more, I'm very proud of myself as a writer now. And I never used to think I was a writer because my son used to say, mom, you just make faces. 
That was my son. And then I said, and, and, and you make faces just in the house too, I guess, too. Yes, right, right. Because right. you just make faces. Those faces bought you a fucking house. So, um, <laughs> but I, as I've gotten older, I really am. I'm, I'm way more secure with myself as a comedian, as a performer, and as a writer than I ever was. And I wish I had, I really, really wish I had that when I was young. Because it just, we're so, right? I mean, so you know, you just, everything is just so, oh my God, I didn't get past it, the improv. And it's like, who cares? There's right, something right. to be said for, I, I read a book. I, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I read part of a book. Oh, I thought, okay, I was going to say, oh, you don't want to say you're re- read, reading a book. All right. <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> uh, it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And, oh, okay. And, I, you know, I've applied those principles because, you know, I, that's the first part of sort of becoming who you are is forgetting about trying to please everybody else, I think. Right. And it's also hard for women because we're brought up, you, we're, we're told, you know, that's part of a woman's psyche is to, to make sure you please everyone, you know? And yep. so, so it really, there's, you know, would I like, you know, it's funny, like, I, I, I'm very proud of the success of the show. But, you know, you always want more. I mean, I don't want to stop. I don't want to stop doing this. I want to continue on. But, but, but it, it is interesting because you just go, okay, you're not, I'm not, like I did, I did, um, I'm not a, I, I'm in no way a cruise comic. Okay. Because they want you to be clean and everything. And even on my best day. I can maybe pull off a six-minute Tonight Show set. That's about it. <laughs> and I was approached by, uh, by a, a high-end cruise line, and um, they wanted me to – I said, okay, now you know what I do, right? And they're like, yes, we want you, we want you. And the first time we did – I did two cruises with them. The first time I – the first time was great because there was an English crowd. They're much more, you know – responsive. I didn't curse. You know, I was just, I, I touched, but I, I didn't go over the edge as I used. But the second time I did it, it was wet. It was really hard for me because I could tell, first of all, it, they were Americans and Americans, you know, you know, and I, all of a sudden I went, I don't want to do this anymore because the cruise person behind, like the, the cruise director was like this, I well, you can't see it where, but she had her arms crossed and they were like, they were judging me. And I'm like, I'm a 64 year old woman. I don't want to have to prove anything to anybody anymore. My husband said that second cruise, he'd never seen me work so hard because I had pages and pages on the bed going, Oh, I'll take this joke and then I'll do this. And I, and I was like, and then, so that was it for me that, you know, like even at my age, I, I had gone to do this and I was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. This is exhausting. Right. Well, I'm sure it's it's very liberating for a lot of the women that are on the show to be doing this at this time in their lives and continuing to do stand up and, you know, and you know, as you get older, you you know, the you, you learn more about yourself and and uh, you know, you, your your act evolves, you know, and and to be able to evolve, you know, looking f- ahead in your 70s and maybe 80s. I mean, Look, you know, Bob Hope, you know, he was on stage until he was 100. Right, <laughs> so, right. You know. I, I, I mean, all of these, none of, and you know all the women that have been on the show, you either know them personally or you know who they, like, they, they're not missing a beat. 
you know, and, and granted, look, I know, I know the industry. I know how, you know, everything is the, you know, this 18 to 34, 18 to 30. And th- there were some great kids coming up. There, there were some absolutely great comments coming up, but that doesn't mean there isn't an audience for what I'm bringing, you know, to the masses. I mean, there would, I cannot tell you the live shows were packed. Like and like you said with the special men and women, some groups of women because you guys came, you guys all came down as a little group. I mean, women caravan to this, and they bring their husbands, you know. So it's and nobody's making entertainment for people of our age. Nobody well, is doing that. It's happening now. It's happening now. Funny women of a certain age can give us. Uh, I know you're at the New York Comedy Festival. Do you have other tour dates coming up? Um, we're going to be down, uh, we're going to be in Florida in February (laughs) in Delray beach and where, where, where you're, where you're like young. Yeah. (laughs) You're a kid. You're, you're not, you're, you're a woman of a certain age that does not equate to who these people are. That's for sure. (laughs) That's true. And that, that, that's one of the reasons why I like to do that because I'm the hottest woman (laughs) <laughs> at the show but it's the same thing with like, like if you go to any like suburban uh casinos uh, you know what i mean like in the midwest or something i'm like wow i'm really looking good here because everyone's on the scooters <laughs> and stuff but i'm doing that we're doing the play, uh delray beach playhouse we're doing um the palace theater in danbury and we have a couple of things down like i said i'm doing everything myself so it's a it's just a lot of work but we're do you know we're doing it you know and i want to come back to la and i want to have a show again in the, uh, you know, maybe at the Improv's uh, lab room again, and I'll have Miss Sue come on again. I would like to do, you know, since the pandemic, it was like we we literally had a show the night, like in February, and then everything went to shit. Yeah, yeah, it all fell apart. Yeah, and it's been two years. I haven't been back to LA in at least two years, so I want to well, come back and do that too. Well, I hope we get uh, episode four, episode oh. five, and beyond. <laughs> And beyond. Uh, Carol, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, guys. I had a ball. Thanks for having me. Well, that was fun. How far back do you go with Carol? I know her from the early 80s. Wow. Wow. Now, have you ever... She said you did the show. Did you do Funny Women of a Certain Age? I didn't do a TV show. I did her uh, live show. Now, are you still, I, we haven't talked about this for a while, but are you still doing any stand-up or aspired to do any stand-up now? Uh, in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Is She's that a ridiculous always, question? No, not at all. No, she, you know, she and another friend, Wendy Liebman, you know, they're always trying to get me to go back on stage. Um, and and it worked, you know, I did for, for a little bit, but um, nah, nah, I'm not, uh, no. You're I get, so funny. I get, I get, I get, well, thank you. I, I get my kicks doing the podcast and, you know, being being funny with friends. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, listen, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Culture Pop Podcast. Thanks a lot to, uh, to Carol Montgomery. Uh, and don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and at stevemason.com. And please take a minute, leave us a rating and a review, and we will see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast.